welcome to Get On The Mend from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy. So with evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers, take charge of your health. Our previous episode covered problems people might develop when it comes to swallowing. One of the causes mentioned was oral cancer. So how can we practice good oral health? This episode's guest is Dr. Joe Cordero, ear, nose, and throat surgeon at Texas Tech Physicians and chair of the TTUHSC ENT department. Cancer of the mouth affects one person every hour of every day of the year, and of those affected, 40% will not survive past five years. A significant portion of those who survive will suffer from long-term issues, including difficulties eating and speaking, as well as disfigurement. This is why monthly self-checks are important to detecting oral cancer. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? So I'm an otolaryngologist, head and neck surgery. I've been here at Tech for the past 23 years, where actually I've become a professor, also the chairman of the Department of Otolaryngology, Head and Neck Surgery, and the program director. We've been blessed that we have a residency program. So can you tell us, what is oral health? So oral health is everything that pertains to the mucosa and the lining of our, the inside of our mouth. You know, whether this is our tongue, the lining of the floor of the mouth, the buccomucosa, uh, the heart palate, soft palate, and so forth. So how does practicing good oral health affect us? Well, in, in cases where we don't take good care of that lining, it can lead to the worst scenario that we deal with, and I deal with it personally, which is oral cancer. Many times, oral cancer begins benign with molation that we call leukoplakia, which means white patches. And it tends to be a white patch that no matter how much you try to brush it with your, with your toothbrush, it doesn't seem to go away. And it may get bigger and bigger with time. In those cases, in those instances, that white patch have about a 1% to 10% chance of becoming malignant in the future. If whatever behavior we have engaged has led to it, it's not stopped. And some of those behaviors that we, that I usually discourage people from doing is smoking severely or, or chronically, as well as a lot of alcohol intake. And alcohol intake can be anything from just drinking regular beer or hard liquor, as well as the mouthwash. And believe it or not, one of my youngest patients was a 17-year-old that used to consume mouthwash, alcohol-based mouthwash, seven to eight times a day. So that led to the subsequent formation of leukoplakia that then became oral cancer. Another thing that we see in the, in the oral cavity in the mucosa is what we call erythroplakia. Erythroplakia means red patches. And that's also have a higher chance of becoming malignant about 30 to 50% of the time. So again, when we have a, a red patch that doesn't appear to be healing, that is associated with pain, with associated with difficulty swallowing, pain with swallowing, chewing, we should be very worried about things like that because that can lead to the subsequent formation of, again, oral cancer, which can affect our tongue, can affect our floor of the mouth, can affect anywhere in the lining of our mouth. I was going to ask if that is just the tongue or gums or the lining of the mouth, or is it yes, anywhere? It, 
Anywhere, anywhere. We also seen uh, people that have chronic inflammatory processes. Just to give you an example, a patient under 70s that have worn dentures for more than 40 years uh, presented with a form, and she never smoked, she never drank, she never did any alcohol, no risk factors, but develop a cancer from one side of the angle of the mandible to the other side, to the floor of the mouth, because of chronic inflammation from the dentures. So that also can be a risk factors for oral cancer. So you mentioned a teenager and a 70 something year old. So is there any like one age range that should be mostly concerned? Most of the cases that we see are late 50s and so forth. Nowadays, we're seeing a significant amount of oral cancer, especially the tongue, base of the tongue tonsils, associated with HPV, which is a, you know, a virus that we know cause or associated with cervical cancer. Now, so we're seeing now early 50s males who were engaged in a lot of sexual behavior when they were younger in high school who have now have developed oral cancer from that virus. It's affect both females and males in that aspect. What are some examples of health issues that can come from poor oral health? You know, we see mostly ulcers forming in the, in the mouth, in the tongue. Again, with those ulcers, we have the typical aptos ulcers. And aptos ulcers are ulcers that arise due to stress, due to anxiety and so forth, and they can be on and off. And again, they're viral. There's a viral that gets activated and then it can cause an ulcer. The ones that we worry about, and, and that's something that we can prevent it by, you know, good hygiene, prevention of the stress, and so forth. The other things that we see is, is the aptos ulcers that tend to be more chronically, more recurrent. And that also has to be with lack of vitamin B12 and other vitamins and minerals that we're missing in our diet that can also lead to that formation of such and recurrence of those ulcers. And then the other type of ulcerative process that doesn't appear to heal you know, I'm talking six to eight weeks. That's the ones that we worry about that, that those become oral cancer. Can you expand a little bit more on prevention? You mentioned smoking cessation, HPV, maybe the vaccine. Um, what else can we do to improve you know, our you health? Bring the, you bring the vaccination and I, you know, this is uh, being what we're seeing such a significant number of HPV-based oral cancers nowadays. Uh, we're hoping in the next 20 years, due to the vaccinations that we have available for our youth right now, if they get vaccinated, there's a good chance that they won't develop or have any risk of developing these type of cancers in the future. So we're hoping in the next 10 to 20 years, two decades, those will be bygone because I don't no behavior. Also, if we can encourage people to stop, you know, consuming alcohol in a, in a regular basis or stop smoking or other risk factors that can be a uh, cause chronic inflammation such as chewing tobacco, those things can be subsequently lead to an improvement in the prevention of this disease process from progressing or even forming. What are some signs that we should look for and when is the right time to see a specialist? And how would we know? Do we just go see our dentist or do we see an ENT? How do we decide that? I will recommend or I always encourage my patients that anytime you have something in your mouth that is hurting you, and the pain is more than four to six weeks, definitely we should seek help. You should prefer that the first person you should see should be your primary care doctor. And the primary care doctor then can, after evaluating the patient, seeing that there may be an ulcerative process, may recommend the patient be seen by either their dentist or the ears, nose, and throat doctor.
in many cases, I get a lot of my patients who I refer from my colleagues in the community and our local dentists because those patients seek help. You know, the, the dentists are very good about doing yearly checkups. So every six months when you get the dental cleaning, you should definitely have your dentist take a look at it there because that way it's a, it's a modality of prevention as well. And if you can catch oral cancer, especially of the tongue or the lip or somewhere early enough, you have a 80 to 90% survival, five-year survival. And unfortunately, sometimes people wait until they have erosion of the bone or erosion or involvement of the tongue, in which case the survival is less than 50% five-year survival. Because of COVID this past year, we've seen a significant amount of patients who are presenting very late in their progression because they didn't seek help in a timely fashion because they were afraid of going to the doctor. How can we support or encourage our loved ones? I know you mentioned that COVID prevented a lot of people or kept a lot of people at home, but what if somebody says, oh, well, it'll go away? And how do we encourage that person to go get checked? I would say, if it hurts, have somebody take a look at it, please. You know, we prefer to see the patient when it's actually an ulcer or a lesion that is actually not causing any pain, that it's just a little bothersome. We prefer to do that. But I was encouraging with my family member, my kids, if it's lasting you more than two to three weeks, please just let me take a look at it. The best I can say is it's nothing. They just leave. You'll go away. I'll get better. But if it is something that is not getting better after that time, we definitely need to seek help and figure out what it is. And nowadays, a lot of dentists also have a, a great tool that is actually a brush, a, a literally a prickly brush that they actually can swab the area in question, they can send it into the laboratory and they can tell according to the oncogenes that they get for the RNA, whether you have a higher chance of a cancer or not. So that's another way of, you know, then determining whether there's something that we need to worry or not, instead of me having to take a little piece. Well, I want to go back to the, you mentioned the dentures. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, it's something that she needs that somebody that people need to wear something that I mean we can't afford using. How can we, if that's the situation, how can people prevent any kind of uh, poor oral health, or how can they improve on their oral health with that? You know, things situation? like you keep your dentures clean, of course, taking it on a regular basis, using appropriate glue material as recommended by your dentist or by the manufacturer of your dentures, but but definitely having your checkup on a regular basis. We see a lot of people that unfortunately, because they have dentures, now they feel that they don't need to go see a dentist or they feel they don't need to be seeing anybody. And by the time, so they present, it's already too late. So if there's a white patch in whatever mucosa in the lining of the, your mouth that doesn't appear to be healing, that is getting thickened, uh, that is peculiar, that you, when you brush it doesn't go away, definitely we should seek an opinion from a, a, the person who did the dentures, our dentist, or, you know, definitely see our primary care doctor. I will say, yeah. when in doubt, let's just go see somebody so they can get a, a blessing and get it, figure it out. I was going to say, when we go for a checkup, the primary care provider usually checks our mouth. Do we yes. need to say, please check on that or make sure you double check <laughs> extra well? <laughs> no, that's very good. I get a lot of referrals from primary care doctor that see a patient with a little bump or a little black spot inside somewhere in the buccomucosa that may be a stain, but in fact could be a, what we call a melanoma. And so I have picked up some cancers from a, not a peculiar lesion that shouldn't be in your mouth that then arise 
And then they go see their primary care doctor. The primary care doctor didn't know. And so we saw them, we proceeded with the biopsy and we were able to be early enough to remove the melanoma. So just like a melanoma can occur in your skin or your face, it can actually occur inside of your mouth as well. Is there anything else you'd like to add? What I always encourage patients and all, everybody, you know, when in doubt, just definitely something hurts, something is not healing. Something is not progressing the way you're, you want it to progress. And you're doing everything else possible to, to do the best. Definitely seek evaluation by your primary care doctor or your local dentist or your favorite ENT. Thank you very much for coming on our podcast and talking, talking to us about good oral health and how to practice it. This has been very informative and definitely something that I don't think a lot of people think about until exactly. it's too yeah, late. That's why last month it was a oral cancer awareness month because it's something that we never, never think. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great weekend and I appreciate you, the opportunity to do this. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Get on the Mend. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Get on the Mend is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center.